You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 218. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 218. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Dearest love. Hello, hello. Hello. How's my girl? You know, I've been kind of stressed the fuck out. Yeah. There's a lot to be stressed about. <laughs> Which it's all is good stuff. Exactly why I had to do a podcast on it. That's right. And I have you to thank for that. You do. I do because you guys, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And very <laughs> flippantly, I say to Mr. Smith, hey. You got any good ideas for a podcast topic? I am having zero creative flair at the moment. <laughs> and he goes, what about, kind of kind of sarcastically a little bit, what about what to do when you're totally stressed out? And <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Check out your big brain. Check out the big brain on Smitty. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm sure I am not the only person who feels like my world is about to collapse when I enter a little bit of overwhelm. Yeah. Why not talk about it on the podcast? Great idea. That's what I thought. Wonder who thought of that one. Well, that this is why <laughs> this is why I don't pay you the big bucks. This is why you keep me around. <laughs> That's right. Hot well, topics. Before we jump into Mr. Smith's awesome segment and start schooling you on what to do when you're stressed the fuck out, I have a very, very urgent announcement to Uh make. I've talked to you a few times in the past about our Triple T conference that is happening in just like two months. Yeah, a couple months, yeah. At the very beginning of October in Huntington Beach. This is the third time that we've done it, but Two things that you need to know. One, we decided to extend the early bird pricing. We rolled that back, meaning that instead of it being $150 more than it is now, you can still get in for the $497 rate. Generous of you. Well, we like to think so. That's one huge thing that you need to know about. The other piece is that the three of us, myself, Kira, and Andrea, who are the kind of trifecta that runs – Triple T retreat. Yes. We have decided definitively that we will not be doing this conference again. We will, Really? Yeah, I haven't even talked to you about this. No. We're not going to be doing it for sure in 2018. We have no plans even for 2019 or anything like wow. that. We're kind of at a place where we're like, okay, it's run its course. We've had three brilliant years. We've had incredible retreaters and conference goers and it's been phenomenal but 
where the three of us are in our businesses, we don't think it necessarily will fit into our calendar and be able to do it right and do it the way we want. So what that means for all of you is if you've had that little inner critic going, eh, maybe not this week, this year. Or no. That excuse is gone. Right. Or I'll do it next year. Or I don't know. I'm a little scared. I don't think I'm ready yet. Any of that commentary that's been going off in your mind it's time to tell that inner critic to shut the fuck up because this is it. This is the chance you have left. This is the one. If you are listening to this on the 28th when it drops, today and tomorrow are the absolute last days to sign up. And beyond that, it will be donezo, off the table, no more opportunities. In fact, I don't think any of us, myself, Andrea, or Kira, have any in-person events scheduled right now of this magnitude that are actual conference or retreat style events. We might be doing, you know, some one day workshops or things like that independently, but we have no collaborations on the books. We have nothing planned. So if you want in, this is it, my friend. And you can read all about it over at triple T conference dot com. You can see everything that's covered, all of the things that are included, but really essentially what it's designed to do is help you step into massive courage and confidence. And what that gives you is the ability to just fucking like your life. When you are confident and when you feel as though you can speak kindly to yourself, those are the people who go after the things that they want. Those are the people who speak up in their relationships or start the businesses that they want to start or leave the marriage or leave the work environment because Hmm. they have that confidence and that ability to say, I am worthy of going after the things I want. That's why we do the tough work so that you can have the happiness, the fulfillment, the unstuckedness that you may feel that you are embodying currently. Wow. Again, if you went in, early bird rate still available to you. Two days left to get in, triple T conference.com. Get it. Get it. Okay. on, On that note- Why don't we let you kind of blast off on the mic a little bit? All right. This is a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? And it goes a little something like this. (laughs) Would you rather be fluent in all languages, but never be able to travel outside of your country? Or... Hmm. Be able to travel anywhere you wanted for a year, expenses paid, but never be able to learn a word of a different language. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. So is the first one, I can only not travel for a year or I can only, I can never travel? Out, never travel. Ever. Never be able to travel, but you know all languages fluently. Uh, I mean... I like the idea of that one just to be so I could be stealthy, like when we're at Ansar <laughs> Gallery, which is it's our international market. Our international market over here, I would be able to be like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> but I think you can also be like C three PO and just like interpret whenever anybody needs an interpreter. Like you can make a killing on money just well, knowing can, all those languages. Oh my god! But you would have to be a domestic interpreter. You it, be was, able to travel. it wouldn't be like you could go. Uh huh. You couldn't like go to Iraq or you know something and Tokyo be an interpreter. Or, hmm. Although I do have to say I have pretty much a fear of flying that I, that I work through thanks to. You could take a cruise. Thanks to Jackie D and Xanax, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not that noble, but. 
Uh, yeah, I could take a cruise. Take a cruise around the world? Take you a year. <sighs> but then that's in such tight confines. I don't like that. And I get, You're not a traveler. I'm not the best. You, you Mr. Smith always says, you don't travel well. You don't travel well. But I've gotten so much You've better. You've gotten so much better. Way better. I really Okay, but, I think I'd actually pick that anyway, though. I feel like I'd want to still be able to travel. Yeah. And if I didn't pick up any languages, I have the language of love. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what think, about you? I, well, I thought about this, and I thought, I think it would be much, like, I've done some travel in my life. You have. So I think that as much as I would love to travel, I think knowing how badass is that? It's badass. To know any language that comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, just fluent, boom. Farsi, done. Just, Udu, done. wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, it would That be. would be incredible. It would be. So, And I think you could help with conflicts. That's true. In the United States somehow. Do something. Help hmm. with immigrants. I That's don't know. That's right. Something. Yeah. So you could use that skill pretty easily. Yeah, even domestically, I definitely think so. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. And if you aren't a part of my After Hours Facebook group, be sure to check out the show notes. I'll have a link there. You can just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you to our private Facebook group where we have tons of discussions. I do free videos and extra trainings over there. A lot of times there'll be coupon codes for classes that I have. And some behind the scenes of how the podcast gets created, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So check that out. And we do a Would You Rather post every single week. And we would love to hear what you'd rather. Well, I think we should jump into what the hell to do when you are stressed the fuck out. Yes. Let's do it. So let's say you can't travel the world for a year, expenses paid. Okay. And you've got some shit to take care of at home. What do you do? <laughs> Way to bring it full circle, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Well, the first thing that I want you to start thinking about is to check in on your self-inflicted overwhelm. I have found that for me, and I know that this is really common with my clients and students, that oftentimes when we are really stressed out or riddled with overwhelm, most of the time there is something we can do about it. We've just made up this notion that there's no possible out. We just have to kind of drown in this sea of overwhelm and all of these to-do lists and obligations. Yeah. That's what it feels like in the immediate sense. That's what it feels like when you're checking off each little box. That's what it feels like when you're really low on time. But if you can take just a second to stand outside of all of those things that are cluttering your time and energy – and just run them through these couple of questions. Is there anything here that I can delegate that I could actually give to somebody else? Hmm. Either a family member, a friend, a, you know, in my case, I have to really lean on my team. And there's times when I, I tell them, tell me, Amy, I can do this. Let me have it. Because my tendency is to go, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. Yeah, yeah. And I have to recognize that that caters to a lot of self-inflicted overwhelm. And mm -hmm. when I say self-inflicted, what I mean is not necessary. It's not necessary. There are other avenues. Are there any things that you could delegate? Now, depending on your socioeconomic situation, could you hire somebody to watch the kids? Could you hire somebody to clean the house, to mow the lawn, to any of those things that might be 
really cluttering up your time and energy that somebody else could actually do. Now, Hmm. I'm not pompous enough to think that that's everybody's option. I know that's not the case. However, I also know that people are far less likely to ask for help when they really fucking need it and when there are people who actually want to help. Yeah. If it is something that is available to you, start just looking around. Are there any things that are on my plate right now that I could give to somebody else and they could get it handled? That's the first kind of question there. Is there anything you could delay or put off? I think there's times for me when I'm like, oh my God, I got to do this. I've got to meet with this client. I've got to plan this event. I've got to do all this laundry. I've got to make my food. I've got to do. And then when I stop and think about it, I'm like, you know what? I could take that laundry and push that to next week. I have far less obligations next week. If I have one extra load of laundry next week or two or three, it's more palatable next week than it is this week. Is there anything you can delay? We call that uh, triaging. Oh, yeah, in the medical profession. Yeah, because you can get overwhelmed if you're on a scene where there's multiple people heard. Right. And go, well, who do I help? Who do I help? And you go through a systematic protocol of which person is first. If there's somebody that's actually going to die and there's nothing you can do about it, move on to the next person. Yikes. Right? So being able to think like that is crucial because you have so many things going on that you have to put them into categories. That's right. You have to put them in the categories of importance. Right. And then they become less, you, you become less clouded. And you right. start going, okay, I've got to get these two things done today. Those, that's paramount. end of the day, these two things have to be done. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And when you look at just this mountain of things that needs to be done, you don't see priority. You, all you see is a big fucking list. Right. And that's what you're pointing to is can you look at this through a slightly different lens, first asking, can I delegate any of this to husband, kids, whoever? Can I delay any of this and put this off a week, a month, a year, whatever, any of these things that are occupying my mind? I actually recently did this with I wanted to do a complete new rebrand on my site, redo my site, redo all my materials everything visual, and it is a monolithic task. I was planning on taking pretty much all of August and September to do that. Well, we just sold our house. We are in the midst of planning Mm -hmm. this epic retreat for all of you in Huntington Beach. And I started looking at it, and I went, the pain of holding on to doing this rebrand far superseded the pain that would involve letting go of it. And so I just decided, okay, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be able to happen, but I do know that taking it off my plate right now is alleviating a shit ton of stress. So that's an example of, can I delay this in some way? Right. Another thing to ask yourself is, can I omit this altogether? Have I put something on my plate that I can completely take off? Like, volunteering for something at your kid's school or doing something as a part of your HOA or maybe not going to a class that you typically take every week. Maybe it's skipping church once a week, whatever. Maybe it's whatever is clouding your conscience and your, you know, contributing to all your stress at this moment. 
there are times when I take things off that I would normally never compromise, like a workout yeah, or something like that, because I know that the season of that stress or of that overwhelm, I need to take it off my plate. So just this, just this week, I looked at, can I take PT off my plate? And I really looked at the grand scheme of if I miss PT this week, will it be a massive repercussion on my health? No, it won't. I can take one week off, jump back in next week. I can also take off taking my dog to the eye doctor. I'm going to cancel that appointment. That can be delayed, right? So you start looking at what can be delayed, what can be omitted altogether, and also start looking at are there any things that you're attached to? This is how it has to be. I have to do the laundry this way. I can't let my husband do it because he doesn't do it right. (laughs) I can't let him make the kids food for their lunch because he doesn't do it right. I can't let my mom pick up the kids from school or I can't let my assistant do this. This is my instant. I can't let my assistant do that because what if she doesn't indent it properly? And (laughs) bless her heart, my assistant's amazing. And she's like, Amy, just tell me if you need me to indent something. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh. That's my shit. That's me (laughs) holding on to something and controlling it and feeling like it has to be a specific way. All hell is going to break loose if I don't do it myself. Most of the time, that's your own control issue. Can I add something? Yeah, of course. I have noticed with my clients and even with myself that when people get into that stress mode, the first two things that they drop are diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. The first two things they let go of, which are the first two things that help you manage stress. Yeah. People turn to fatty foods. They say, I don't have enough time to go to the gym or I don't have enough time to do that walk or whatever it is. And those are the things that are most important. That's right. For your mental stress levels. Absolutely. And your physical stress levels. And I'm actually going to come back to that because oh, you are? that is definitely something that we have to be aware of. Because I know for me, one of my little internal self-talk statements that happens when I am really stressed out, my little inner critic goes, I don't have time for that. I don't have time yeah, for that. Yeah, that's exactly and right. It, what it's saying I don't have time for is usually things like diet, you know, cooking myself a nice meal, taking care of my body, doing exercise, talking with my brother, who's one of my best friends, connecting with you, things that in the grand scheme of Amy's life matter the most to me. So I'm not at all saying to let go of all of the things that matter the most to you. However, I'm saying that sometimes for me, allowing the freedom of doing two workouts instead of maybe five. Yeah. That's fair. That's the loosening the grip of control Got that it. I have to do. Or perhaps buying a healthy meal instead of killing myself cooking it for two hours. Right. Being able to navigate where are those places that I can free up time without a massive sacrifice to my life. I think that's the overarching place to look. Yeah. And one of the other questions I ask myself frequently is, what is my fastest avenue to peace? That's a great question. When you think about it, when we are engulfed and enveloped by stress, we feel anxious, unsettled, a lot of times angry and irritable. We feel the extreme opposite of peace. 
and this is kind of a hippie little new agey way to tap into it. But when I stop and think about my, how I want to feel, I never want to feel stressed or overwhelmed or irrita- sure, irritated. Yeah, I don't ever want that. Sure. I want to feel peaceful and calm and tranquil. When I start to look at my schedule this way and go, wait a minute, what is my fastest avenue to peace? Well, it would be to maybe let go of that appointment that I had scheduled. Mm-hmm. That can be rearranged. Yeah. Maybe it's giving this to my brilliant assistant, Darlene, who is also listening to this. <laughs> Love you, Darlene. And or a number of other things that I can go, that oh, energetically feels better. It's a faster avenue to peace. Sure. The second thing that I want you to do, and this takes moments, and you might want to do this at the very beginning of your day or the very end of your day, is to take a quick tally of all of the shit you have accomplished. Mm, It's very easy for us to go, and I haven't done this, and I haven't done that, I haven't done this, and I haven't done that. If you can just stand in kind of awe of what you are capable of and what you just got handled during your day or what you just checked off the list last week, it kind of reminds you like, oh, dude, you are doing something. It doesn't mean that you don't still have other things to do. It's just a difference in your focus where you start going, no, look, I have accomplished a bunch of stuff. I am moving in the right direction. A, A little mantra that I tell myself when I get into those modes is I'm busy, but I'm not in a hurry. And it, it it kind of just slows me down a little bit. I'm like, okay, I've got things to do, but I don't have to rush to get them done. Yeah. And that really helps me kind of keep the peace, get to that peaceful place. That's a great thing that you just mentioned too. And this is what I oftentimes will tell my students or even retreaters or conference goers. Take what really lands for you, whatever really resonates from the podcast or whatever really hit home if it's that statement and you're like damn yeah i'm busy but i'm not in a hurry take that and use that as your self-talk over and over and over again or use the question of what's my fastest avenue to peace Mm -hmm. or use the the question what can i delegate delay or omit and use that to kind of brainstorm or ask yourself what have I accomplished today? So just pick one thing that really hits home from this pod and implement it. Really, truly use it. Otherwise, you're just going to put this down and go right back to being stressed the fuck out. Sure. The third thing, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Call on your allies. I can't tell you how many conversations I have had with clients, students, conference goers who they say, oh yeah, you know, my best friend offered to babysit my kids, but I just feel so bad asking. And I'm like, oh my God, they fucking offered. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, and and I don't mean to say that in a disparaging way, but seriously, a lot of times we have opportunities for help of people who are genuinely wanting to come to our aid or who have been amazing for us in the past and we shut it down. Why do we do that? Out of some, I think is oftentimes rooted in an element of insecurity. It's rooted in self-worth. Like, who am I to ask for help? It can also be rooted in arrogance or in pride of what it means if you actually need help. It could be Mm. a slew of things depending on the person. But if you have people who are willing to help, and this is my only caveat, they aren't the kind to hold it over your head then these are your opportunities to alleviate some fucking stress. Now, I know that there are people out there who are like, 
oh God, anytime my mom helps me out, she brings it up 40 more times and it's not never worth it. No, mm. I get it. That's causing more stress. Right. But I have had plenty of people who've said, oh my gosh, no, my best friend is literally blowing up my phone. Not literally. <laughs> figuratively blowing up my phone <laughs> right. saying, tell me how I can help. Tell me if you need me to take the kids. Tell me if I can talk to the hubs. Tell me if I can bring over a meal and I don't do anything with it. That is on you, my yeah. friend. Call in the allies. Get over yourself and ask for help. And a byproduct of that is that you cultivate intimacy, that you create richer connections with those people That's right. because it is extremely vulnerable to ask for help. Yeah. We could probably do an entire podcast just on, on that. that. Yeah. That's right. There's your next topic. Number four, say no to taking on anything else. Hmm. We just had this conversation last night where it's everything in your power to tell people, I'm sorry, I can't fit that in. Yeah. Yeah. Where people are like, you know what? Could we just talk for like 30 minutes? And you're like, no, I can't. I'm unable. So here's what you say. Listen, thank you so much for that invite or thank you so much for your interest or I love so much that you want to connect and I wish I could. I am in a place right now where I seriously cannot commit to anything else. I don't want to have to cancel on you last minute and I cannot take on one more thing. I truly hope you can understand. Yeah. That's been, you know, us planning this move. We're getting down there. Yep. And everybody's coming out of the woodworks, like either wanting to get body work or uh, wanting to go away for the weekend, go away for the weekend or have us out for the weekend or do something. And it's flattering and it's amazing, but I just don't have anywhere to put it. So yeah. it's like, God, I love you, but I just, there's no way to put it. You That's know? right. You need to get really fluent at saying no when you are overwhelmed. Yeah. Because let me tell you who suffers, not the person that you just committed to. You suffer, and it's highly likely that your family suffers. Because when you're stressed the fuck out, you're worse to your spouse, you're worse to your children, you're probably sure. worse to any subordinates or coworkers. You owe it to humanity to start saying, no, we're better people when we take care of ourselves. And that's actually a huge piece of the sessions that I teach personally at the Triple T conference that I've been talking about. And I go into a whole elaborate thing about people pleasing and specific ways to communicate and say no to these things that don't serve you and to do them in a powerful way without being riddled by guilt, without being consumed by what the other party has to think. That's a game changer to take back your time. For sure. To take back your power and be able to decline without taking on the responsibility of the other person's feelings and still be a compassionate human. It's possible. You just need somebody to teach you. And again, the link will be in the show notes, but it's triple-tconference.com. Last chance is tomorrow, the 29th, to get Ooh, in on that. Get in there. Let's move on to number five. And this is what you were talking about earlier. Get really clear on your priorities. There have been, in the last couple of weeks, there have been days when I didn't shower. I did not do a workout. I didn't even brush my teeth until like nine o'clock at night. Yikes. And then there were other days where I chose the priority of giving myself a manicure, goddammit, <laughs> shaving my legs getting in an awesome workout, 
making my awesome meals that I love to make to fuel my body, each day I have to grapple with the priority of the day. And I can look back and go, okay, I prioritized that work project that day. Today, I'm prioritizing my self-care. Today, I'm prioritizing my relationship or whatever. Sometimes it's just a hierarchy. It's I'm tending to this thing first. And if I have more time or space, then it will go in this sequence. There's a phrase for that. What's it called? Eating the big frog first? Yeah, it's uh, by Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy. I will... It's called Eat That Frog. Eat the eat that frog. That's eat right. that frog. And I will put that in the show notes. That's a great book. It's very, very short. It's a it's very easy. short read. Yeah. But in essence, what it's saying is if the if the worst thing that you had to do each day was to eat a frog, it would serve you so much more to do that at the very beginning and get it over with because then the entire rest of your day is only going to get better. Right. It's totally morbid and nasty to even think about that, but it's it's truly a lesson on priorities. What matters the most to me and what will cater to the most happiness if I get it done first. Well, the other thing is you will stress and think about it all day. Mm. Right? And then have to eat it at the last hour. So you just spent your whole day you know, contemplating the eating of this frog instead of just eating it first thing. Exactly. So that delay, that takes away stress. And right? that is a piece of your mental bandwidth. Exactly. You're right. It completely contributes to your stress level. Yeah. If it's weighing on you and gnawing, I can't tell you how liberating it is for me to switch to doing workouts in the morning versus the evening because all day, I'm like, I got to get a workout in, got to get a workout in. Oh my gosh, I got to get a workout in. And then I get to like nine o'clock at night and I'm like, oh, fuck. I got caught up doing all this work and I made something else important. Instead of being really conscientious about what my priority is for the day, intending to that first, mm-hmm. period, you get to decide what that is. And you also get to decide if it changes each day. Mm. And I have had those situations where the priority was launching a class or launching a product that had a very specific deadline and a financial implication if it didn't come to pass, where that day I did choose that that was the priority and everything else came second. It's about perpetuating that way of being. And if you are making those sorts of habits chronic, where you aren't really looking at what is catering to your fulfillment long-term. Because if you are sacrificing self-care in any way, those should be very few and far between intermittent small chapters or seasons where you're just trying to take care of your newborn or where you're just trying to get this new business off the ground. Or I know for me, when I did theater, a lot of times the week of the show, that was all I did. And everything else, like I gave myself the freedom to take a week off of working out. Everything else kind of took a back burner for one fucking week. Right. It's not a chronic way of being. You change your priorities. You shift your priorities. But you're aware of them and consciously choose them each and every day. So get really clear with yourself on that. The sixth thing is to monitor your self-talk. And this is also something that we're spending an entire day on at... Triple T, where we discuss all of the components that make up our internal conversation. I do extreme in-depth work about fear and our relationship to fear and the difference between fear and your inner critic. Okay. And all of this stuff that we're going to be teaching between the three of us 
are things that we don't just give out on the podcast. You know, it's not just right. the sample, essentially. It's not the free shit alert. It's not the free shit alert. It no. is the in-depth work. It's the, you're going to get your money's worth. That's exactly right. And probably then some. Alert. Which, by the way, I want to send out a huge warm fuzzy oh. to all of the brave, beautiful people. We've got dozens of people already signed up coming to Triple T with us who are all terrified and still chose to behave bravely. They have told us that they're battling that self-talk of you're not worth it or I'll go next year or you shouldn't spend money on yourself or all of these things that interfere with us actually having the life we want and they chose courage instead. Mm. I've never had, not once, a student or a retreat goer or a client say, I wish I wouldn't have invested in myself. Right. Ever. They're like, thank God I did. Thank God I did. So huge warm fuzzy to you guys because you're operating from a place of courage and that takes a substantial amount of energy to do so. So Absolutely. kudos to you. Monitoring your self-talk. That is what this is all about. So looking at, are there any little tidbits of what we've said here that you can watch how you speak to yourself? There's Oftentimes we will say things like, I have to do it this way. There's no other option. We make these really finite terms around how things have to be. Yes. And it's not until you step outside of that and go, wait a minute, is that really true? That you start to see it in a little bit more of a clear light. Watch what you are saying to yourself about your stress, about your overwhelm. Are you saying there's no other way? Are you using any of these questions that we've posed at the beginning of this pod? Those are going to be instrumental in how you handle this really stressful season. Hmm. The final thing is to create and focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing is more demoralizing than feeling like stress is never going to end. There, That can lead to massive depression and anxiety and ultimately just not being fucking happy in your life. Who yeah. wants that? Nobody wants that. This is where it is imperative that if you're in a really stressful situation like with a job, that you start to create an exit strategy. If it is a really stressful marriage, that there is some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. If it is a, you know, maybe it is an ultimatum. Maybe it is a vacation you guys are going together. Maybe it is seeing a therapist together. There has to be something that will alleviate this stress on the horizon, even if it's just hope. Like, I hope this therapy will work or something like that. It has to be some sort of end in sight. Yeah. You know, that's kind of why we put this vacation at the end of our move so that we could have something to look forward to because we knew it was going to be stressful. Exactly. And so a little we, carrot. It's a little carrot. It, we finally it, get to eat. And that has also helped influence or my, carrot cake. myself. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That has also helped influence my self-talk because I will keep saying like, just get to October, just get to October, yeah. just get to October because August and September have just been gnarly. Yeah, got to be intense. If you don't have a light at the end of the tunnel, like school is going to end or something like that where your stress will be alleviated that's already built in, create something, whether it's even just one day off that's specifically just for you something that you can look forward to. I don't care what it is. 
we need to feel like there is an alleviation from stress coming at some point. Mm -hmm. Create that for yourself. And then focus on it. And you can use that to influence your self-talk as well. Great. I think that's about everything I've got to kind of wade through the waters of stress. Awesome. Those are great tools. I think, you know, when we're in those stress modes, we get a little caught in the minutiae. So it's nice to have a couple of tools that we can really rely on to even us back out and kind of put things back in their place and categorize things a little bit better because things just start flying around the room and you're like, wait, wait, which piece do I grab? Everything seems emergent. Everything seems emergent. And this can help you kind of process things and just step out of that minutia, like you said. If you guys are interested in digging deeper in some of this self-talk stuff and- Not if, you are. You are. You're listening to the freaking podcast. You're interested. You're, you're so cute, babe. <laughs> exactly. You want to start saying no more often and having boundaries and being able to communicate well, then please go check out tripletconference.com. Again, the link is in the show notes. And do so today or tomorrow or you are SOL. And Get her done. we don't want that. All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Mm-hmm.